Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Jordan Yule, TYT contributor, all star. Always fascinating to have him on the program. Top story of the day the GOP, Fox News, vice presidential debate. I said that correctly. None of them have a chance in hell of being president of the United States. So, it was the clown show everyone expected, full of, well, non-substantive back and forth conversation, argumentation. But one stood out in particular. It was Senator Tim Scott. Let's put up the picture full mask. So at one point, Senator Tim Scott, Republican out of South Carolina, got into a back and forth with former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. They threw down. It was a brutal back and forth. I'm going to read the transcript to give you an idea of how insane it was. Tim Scott said, and I quote, Nikki offered a 10% gas tax increase in South Carolina. Talk about someone who's never seen a federal dollar she doesn't like. 10 cent on the gallon in South Carolina, Scott said at one point addressing an earlier exchange between him and Haley. Then Haley interjects. Uh, she looks at uh, Tim Scott in a very dramatic moment and says, uh, bring it. And then he says, as the UN ambassador, you literally put $50,000 on curtains and had a $15 million subsidized, subsidized location. Scott continued. She says, you got bad information. First of all, I, I fought the gas tax in South Carolina multiple times against the establishment. Haley shot back. And then uh, Senator Tim Scott insisted that everyone, quote, just go to YouTube, end quote. Um, and that he actually wanted us to go to YouTube to fact check. So no other sourcing provided against the establishment. Uh, and you want to know what the 10 cents uh, was when, when they would not pass the gas tax. The establishment, the companies wanted me to do so much that I said the only way I will pass it. As if, and then Scott is interrupting. All you have to do is go watch Haley on YouTube. <laughs> End quote. And then Haley continued saying that she told the establishment she would do the gas tax if they gave her three times the deduction and income tax. Then I will look at your gas tax, which is why it didn't happen. So Scott and Haley began to speak over each other. Uh, secondly, uh, secondly, then Haley insisted trying to continue. Uh, then this was the one that got me. She says, on the curtains, do your homework, Tim, because Obama bought those. I mean, our brother just can't get a break here. Uh, Y'all about to bring President Obama out of retirement. Uh, and then Scott shoots back. Did you send them back? Did you send them back? And then she says, it's the State Department. Did you send them back? You're the, I'm sorry, okay. You're the only one that works in Congress. You get it done, Haley charged. And then this is when uh, things just went uh, sideways significantly for Tim Scott. But before I go there, let me let me first uh, tell you what really happened 
please understand that Tim Scott, uh, he's putting his foot down. And he's saying uh, very directly on that stage to Haley, uh, there is only room for one Karen in this campaign. All right, there's more. So Scott, not to be outdone by the racism of Ron DeSatan, uh, decided to proclaim that welfare, which by the way is somehow not called welfare when they give it to rich people. But I digress. He inferred that welfare did more to harm black people than slavery. He goes on to say, black families survived slavery. No, Tim, some of them died. We survived poll taxes and literacy tests. No, some of them got beat to death and lynched, Tim. He goes on to say, we survived discrimination being woven into the laws of our country, he added, in a line that for a moment sounded like he might actually be acknowledging systemic racism. Uh, then he says, what was hard to survive was Johnson's Great Society, where they decided to put money, but they decided to take the black father out of the household uh, to get a check in the mail, end quote. Uh, now, the context cannot be more ironic. Senator Tim Scott literally, literally went after Ron DeSantis for saying and agreeing and having executives in education uh, mandate that slavery be taught in a particular way that shows, well, black slaves, African slaves received benefit. Those who are enslaved received skills from their enslavement. So Senator Tim Scott says, no, you can't say that. You can't give that any credence. Paraphrase. But then he minimizes the impact and the evils of slavery himself by proclaiming that a social program that actually helped a lot of people stay above water and get jobs. He said that was actually worse. Um, Tim, you don't get to have it both ways, sir. Um, you know good and damn well uh, that if it had not been for social programs, uh, there would be absolutely zero floor. The floor would not exist for black folk, especially in this country, and by extension, historically marginalized communities at large. All right, dear brother, what are your thoughts? I mean, he was responding to Ron DeSantis, who tried to blame a, a quote from a, a, an interview DeSantis did, where he said that slaves took skills from, from their horrific experience that benefited them later in life. And he tried to blame that on Kamala Harris. Right. So it was a very weird interaction overall, but just to show how awful and how far to the right the Republican Party has gotten just in the past decade. You might remember, and I'm sure a lot of viewers remember, in the early 2010s at a CPAC conference, a participant shouted out from the crowd that slaves should have been thankful for getting free food and shelter. And in response, the crowd and members of the panel like were shocked and they booed him. And I, I think he was removed. It was. 
That's welcome now on the presidential debate stage in the Republican Party. Like this is just shows how far to the right they've gotten. And to act like systemic discrimination, systemic racism are ancient relics of the past. That's not true. You see the lasting effects of things like redlining today in our education policy and home values and how communities are still effectively segregated. These policies, these explicitly racist acts by the government, by state officials across the country still have lasting impacts today. You see it in disproportionate outcomes in healthcare and education and economic gains and just wealth. This is not you know, it wasn't neatly carved out and left behind. It still has a lasting legacy and for anybody, but it's peculiar for Tim Scott to act like this just it doesn't have an impact. And the New Deal or Johnson Air policies that try to impact or positively impact the black community in this country is just purely ludicrous. You know, you made a great point about crowd respond. What I noticed during that debate, Jordan, is that when DeSantis offered defense for basically saying that enslaved Africans gained skills, right? And trying to pivot and blame Kamala Harris for the mix up, which isn't true. The crowd goes wild, right? They, they applaud. And then when the commentator goes to Tim Scott, who's been vocal about how DeSantis was wrong in, in reference to that, Tim Scott said something that made sense for the first time. Actually said, no, you, you, you can't play with slavery like that. That's inappropriate, basically. And not one person in that crowd applauded that. Not one person. All right. Okay. A Missouri woman was declared dead by mistake. It was an accident. She wasn't dead. It was a mistake. They made a mistake. 2007, they made this mistake. She is still fighting to prove that she's actually alive. And listen, I can tell you, indisputable has evidence. She is absolutely alive. Let's put the picture up for a man. Hell of a thing. Uh, Very, very disturbing story. Missouri woman was mistakenly declared dead in 2007. She's still trying to prove that she's alive two decades later. Uh, She's actually from uh, St. Louis, Missouri, has been trying to prove that she is not deceased. She's been trying to prove this for decades. After learning that her social security security number was associated with with a dead person, uh, Madeline Michelle Carthen learned that her social security number had been compromised while she was preparing for a summer internship an exchange program back in 2007. She says it's a nightmare, quote, a nightmare of corruption. No oversight with government is like a haunting. She said, I got denied my financial aid. Now they're saying, prove to us you're not dead, end quote. Ms. Carthen added that she initially dismissed the news as a mistake and laughed. I laughed, said Carthen. I said, what do you mean? I'm sitting right here. I've been at school over a year and a half. How am I dead? Is this going to affect my international internship? Question mark. Um, Obviously, it has adverse impact totally. Let's put it up. Carthen was told to contact the SSA 
to have the error fixed. When she did, she found out that she'd been added to SSA's death master file. Well, first of all, I didn't know we had a death master file. So that's good information to know. But the death master file is an internal compilation of SSA records of deceased people, okay? Carthen was told her name was added in error and given a death erroneous letter to show that she was still alive. So we have two things in the government I didn't know. We have a death master file, and if they get it wrong, they give you what's called a death erroneous letter, okay? So she gets the death erroneous letter to show that she is still alive, and she can hand this letter over to bureaus and financial aid, etc. So Carthen said her troubles did not end after she received the infamous death erroneous letter. It actually got worse. She said, and I quote, well, it got worse because it wasn't creditor, she explained. Being in the death master file, it went to the IRS, it went to the Department of Homeland Security, it went to E-Verify, all of these things. It just started affecting my life. The 52-year-old said that her life has been disrupted ever since, and she was forced to quit school due to the social security issue. That is significant adverse effect. Carthen was also has also now lost employment because human resources, um, they were not allowed to process her payroll because she's dead. Okay, And she also has lost um, homes because of the era. She lives with her sister because she cannot get a mortgage. Why? Because according to the banks, she is dead. There's more. Sometimes I can get a job. And then within so many months, it's going to be a problem. So it's like I can get it. And then it's yanked back from me. But I don't know when it's going to be yanked back, she said. I just know I'm alive. I don't care what AI says or software says, but I'm alive. But it's hard to prove that. Still an issue to this day, even after changing her name. So Carthen changed her name in 2021, thinking, all right, this may disrupt the algorithm here, okay? And was issued a new social security number. So she hoped that her nightmare was over. Unfortunately, the new social security number is continuously flagged because it's connected to the old social security number. Um, The St. Louis Consumer Protection Attorney Crichton Kahn told KSDK that being declared deceased impacts every aspect of one's life. The irony of that statement. Carthen has no idea how her name got on the list. And she filed a $12 million federal lawsuit against the Social Security Administration and other government agencies in 2019. However, the judge dismissed the lawsuit, citing the government um, has sovereign immunity from litigation of this nature. Quote, I don't know how this is going to work out, said Carthen. I just keep advocating and fighting. And when I say fighting within my spirit, sometimes I want to give up, but my faith is too strong. I don't care if it takes 20 years. I'm going to still do what I got to do to make this situation right, not just for myself, but for others. Put up her picture again, right? So, uh, Ms. Carthen, I'm very sorry that this is happening to you. Obviously, it shows the incompetency of our nation and the lack of care anyone who has heard your story has taken. You're obviously alive. 
Everybody who knows you, they know you, they know you a lot. The people that you were going to school with, your professors, the financial aid director, they were aware of your living status. But for some reason, because a paper says something adverse to that, you are in this predicament. And so I'm going to contact some members of Congress that I know in order to contact you. And I pray, madam, that your days in the future be better than they have been of recent. All right, what are the thoughts here? This, you know, there's a sentiment in public service that we, anybody who works in the government should hold and celebrate and lift up. And that is looking out for others. And you're doing yeah. that work on behalf of others. I mean, this is a human being. Someone's life has been completely destroyed by reckless, recklessness, negligence, sloppiness in the government. And you know that's terrible. There's there's two factors here in this story, right? You laid out everything in the personal context, but in the aggregate, we have to think about what that would look like and how many more instances like this should social security be privatized like conservatives and a lot of like free market types want. You know, there have been attempts to chip away at every aspect of the federal government for years by Republicans. The lower the funding for agencies like this, the more outcomes you're going to see because the workload's only going to increase as population continues to increase, and you're going to have fewer staff and resources to rectify issues like this. The, on the sentiment part, though, the quote from the spokesperson from Social Security saying, oh, these records are extremely accurate and only a third of 1% are inaccurate, something like that. Okay, well, what about her? This is one one person. Like <laughs> there, I'm sure there are many. You're admitting a one third of one percent is still more than one. What? How is this not zero? Like, and if it is, if somebody is impacted by recklessness or sloppiness or in, in, incorrect records, what are you doing to fix it? Nobody should have to live effectively off the grid, unable to keep a job, <laughs> unable to find housing, unable to be a participating member of society, like they want. Because of this negligence, it's it's very sad. And you know, there's also this fear of her being impacted by the criminal justice system. Let's say somebody runs a record, they do a deep profile check. They say, "Madam, you you're you're showing me a fake ID because it says that you're dead. I got to take you to jail now." This could permeate in so many areas. Um, and you're right; it is more than one. Um, I don't even trust that. You know, less than one percent, and I don't even trust that. Um, so at some point, a remedy should have been um, affixed to an ongoing problem. So we will try to do what we can. Okay. This is an update. Put her up full mass. 21-year-old Tamir Taylor's body has been found. We actually brought the story to you. A few days ago, and we talked about how strange her friends were acting. We highlighted the inconsistencies in the stories that they gave and how the mother had an intuition about what happened to her daughter. The mother was correct. The daughter died. If you remember officials located, if you remember 21-year-old Tamir Taylor's body, um, she's now uh, She's been found, she's declared dead, obviously. She um, was in the Mississippi River. In the original reporting, she was 
on a boat with friends. And then they said, no, she never made it on the boat. And somebody said, no, she was actually on the boat for sure. And the company verified she was on the boat. Okay. September 23rd, Fox 13, Memphis reported this. She mysteriously disappeared more than two weeks ago after celebrating her birthday on a Memphis riverboat cruise in Memphis, Tennessee with her friend. When they docked after 1 a.m., her friends could not find her, according to WREG. All right, so remember that part of the story. Her friends could not find her when they docked. Her family reported her missing on September 10th. And her mother, Deborah, told law enforcement that she last heard from her via text message about two hours before. She wondered why her daughter's friends did not wait for her. The only thing they told me was she went upstairs on the second floor to use the bathroom. She put her phone down on the table. We picked her phone up. We went and waited by the door for her to come out. And then we left. Why would you leave? That makes no sense. Y'all came together. Y'all stick together, Deborah told the news station. According to the report, Memphis River, Riverboat said that Taylor did return to the dock that night. There were security cameras on the boat. But in a September 11th statement, the company said videos posted on social media show she was last seen on the boat as the boat was pulling into the harbor. It would mean the world, even if we don't get anything but closure as to what happened. That would mean the world to me. Her family, Deborah said, the mother said last week, per WREG. It was determined that her cause of death was drowning. Her family told Fox 13 Memphis, but additional details were labeled as undetermined. Authorities believe there was no foul play involved. She's uh, uh, Taylor's mother, uh, devastated. You have that type of hope that it's not your loved one, and you get the answer, and it's a different type of feeling. Jasmine Ellis of Doc Ellis Foundation said the outlet reported. So right now, she's overwhelmed and naturally has the feelings a mother a mother would feel if they lost their daughter. Um, and I want to say this to uh, this whole narrative, this entire story, steal a lot of unanswered questions. Now, I think the reason why the authorities are saying uh, they do not suspect foul play is because of some of the other uh, testimony that was provided, some of the other uh, witness testimony that was provided, witness statements that they received. And basically, they were saying that everybody was really, really intoxicated. Um, and so at this point, I do believe that an investigation should go all the way through before a conclusion is made. Um, and very sad that uh, we have to update the story with a dead body involved. All right, Jordan, thoughts? Yeah, I think they should follow this case until the family has the complete story. Yeah. That's what Anybody would want in that scenario. It's tragic. I mean, I wish it would bring their daughter back or their sister or cousin or granddaughter for everyone in that family. They, I'm sure they want closure. Just to say, oh, she was on the dock and that's it. Just feels a little bit weird. Like, yeah. okay, and then what? Just right. follow, follow, follow this yeah. case. It's just like this negligence and this kind of lackadaisical approach from police or investigators. Sadly, quite frequently, and yeah. that leads generally to a distrust in the authorities or just apathy toward them. Because when even down to small petty crimes, like oh, like my phone got stolen, what? Why even bother calling the cops if not just to get the police report for the insurance? Like, what are they going to do about it? So, it just in general, I I think we would we would all be better off if these types of cases were treated equally. 
I agree with you 100%. And, and listen, there, if the cops exist for only one reason, let this be the one reason, all right? The loss of life or the potential loss of life. Um, we got more on the other side. Indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Um, next to what your report says, if it doesn't directly benefit the wealthy, the Republicans think it is destructive policy. That's how simple it is for them. That's right. And I think this is Bridie 007 being declared dead and not being able to rectify due to rules. Bureaucracy and red tape is literally is the literal story of the dark comedy movie feel. Wow. All right, Shade Dragon. This is the most diverse. <laughs> this is the most diverse that the Republican debates have ever had. And somehow they all still suck. I know. <laughs> I made a similar, I made a similar observation. Um, natural born Keeler, thank you so much. Welcome to Indisputable. We appreciate your support. And Twitch. Um, is Nikki Haley Jackal Dragon 1991? Is Nikki Haley Tim Scott's secret girlfriend? The way they were going back and forth. All right, that's something for you, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're gonna feel free. Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Keeping it in your no, yard I'm not. I'm, our cat. You understand? Our cat. I'm not even in my yard right now. How? What am I doing? The, 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 the gates open. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're unreasonable people. You're holding our cat. How? I'm not even in there. I want you to explain how. If you would go in your yard and say, Mercury, go home. Don't come in our yard anymore. She they will want not you to She's a cat. She doesn't speak English. Oh, really? You. This this doesn't mean go home? No. Huh? Hand huh? signals don't mean anything. It's a cat, dude. Really? Okay. All right. Well, we'll have the police department figure it out. Absolutely. Okay. Great idea. Yeah, the bird. Yeah, you cat pervert. Oh my god, you got I have done nothing to bring the cat. I've done nothing to bring the This dude's lost pervert. This dude he's, he's lost it. He's lost it. On my property. Okay, that's why you're harboring our cat. Harboring a cat. Is that a crime? What was something else? I'm a cat pervert. What crime is that? What crime is that? You know what? There's a crime about you harboring my cat. What crime is that? Against the law. What crime is that? It's called harboring an animal. I can understand being angry if my cat was in your yard. You're angry because your cat is in my yard. You're making things a lot worse. You could just send my cat home. No, I can't. Damn it, the cat has rights too. Um, this was weird because I think the cat was escaping. Given the, well, let's just say conversation of the Karen's next door, uh, I think it is safe to assume the cat is an anti-Karen. And as time passed, the Karenicity of these individuals continued to increase. And so the cat, well, he decided to move in next door. Uh, just some of the 
you know, things that he said would work that would not. Um, I used to rescue cat, did it for a number of years. I can tell you now, cats move when they feel like it. Uh, they do not respond to hand signals unless it's to get them some food. Uh, and this, not the universal symbol for go back home. All right, Jordan, this guy really doesn't know cats. <laughs> yeah, that was my takeaway too. Like what the worst cat owner right. in the country. <laughs> like, just just try talking to your cat Use, using, you know, the English language. <laughs> try getting a cat to do anything. Good luck. Right. You doing this like my cat. If I did this, she would think I was I was trying to play, and she would swat my hands. There you go. I just if you don't want your cat to go in your neighbor's yard, don't let your cat outside. Like it's that simple. But the cat pervert, screaming <laughs> right. cat pervert, repeatedly was incredible. Uh, I I love this video. This is wonderful. Yeah, it, it really is. It, and I mean, the police are going to come. Obviously, it's illegal to harbor an animal. And all right. We'll bring you an update if there's an update. Okay, um, a California doctor accused of preying on patients, put him up for a mask. This is a hell of a story. Very sick and deranged story. William Thompson, an Orange County infectious disease doctor who specialized. Now, I want you to understand, he literally created a practice in order to victimize a particular category particular demographic of people. How sick is that? He specializes in LGBTQ plus clients. He allegedly assaulted at least nine patients in need of life-saving medical care under the guise of necessary medical exams. Dr. William Thompson IV, 56 years of age, was arrested at his Newport Beach practice last Wednesday, he faces eight counts of sexual penetration by means of fraudulent representation of professional purpose. Three counts of sexual battery by fraud and two felony counts of forcible oral population. That's according to a press release issued by the DA's office on Tuesday. Quote, after learning medical procedures being performed on them by Thompson were not medically necessary. Six of Thompson's patients disclosed that they had been sexually assaulted by Thompson, the Orange County DA office said in a statement. Among the bogus procedures were unnecessary anal exams and forcing a male patient to orally copulate him. The release said three more victims will be discovered in the subsequent exhaustive investigation. Newport. Police Chief Joe Cartwright said, one of his victims spoke about his experience, said, and I quote, my heart dropped, my heart dropped. The patient who would like to remain anonymous said, quote, it just makes me question everything about our interaction since 2017. The 33-year-old said he's visited the doctor every three to six months for the last six years. Quote, I thought some of the things that he would do during the physical exam was part of the physical exam. And just thinking back to those times, I should have known better. I should have questioned something. Unfortunately for his victims, uh, he is currently free on a $100,000 bond. All right, that's it, $100,000 bond. His license uh, still has not been revoked by the medical board. Uh, he is set to be arraigned in early November. If convicted on all counts against him, uh, 
Dr. Thompson would face up to 30 years of prison, 30 years to life in prison, plus another 25 years. The press release stated the Medical Board of California said they are aware of allegations against Dr. Thompson and are looking into the matter. His medical license remains active with no restrictions at all, none. Many of Dr. Thompson's patients depended on him for life saving care. And he exploited those vulnerabilities for his own sexual gratification, according to the DA. A doctor's office should be a place where patients can safely share their most personal vulnerabilities without having to fear they will be preyed upon by a sexual predator. Spitzer continued, no one should be violated in such a shameful way by someone who has taken an oath to protect their patient. This story really boils my blood, sad, sick. You got to think about the extreme nature of his entire con in order to satisfy his sick, extreme man sexually violated folk. Some of them are dying. And this is what he wants to leave them. I, 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 I can't understand. Um, a person who gets up every morning and does something like this. Now, for those who may want to, you say, well, you know, maybe he was, um, maybe he was engaged in some kind of experimental treatment. Making somebody give you oral copulation is not a treatment at all. I don't understand why this medical board has not uh, engaged in their emergency powers, which they do have in order to protect the public. Make sure this man can never practice again. We'll bring you updates as they come. Go ahead and thoughts. Yeah, I feel I feel terrible for the victims. Like you say, they were coming to him for specialized life-saving care, and he exploited that. He exploited their vulnerability. He exploited, you know, the fact that there probably weren't many people in that area who offered similar services. It seems premeditated and yes, very. It's just really gross. And he kind of in the pictures. One thing I didn't see uh, while prepping was just like him leaning into like a liberal, welcoming, in- inclusive aesthetic. Like the shirt he was wearing underneath his his gown, he, him, daddy. Like, what are you doing here, man? Like, yeah. you're, you're very clearly trying to project that you are a good person. You're trying to virtue signal. And then behind the scenes, you're... You're awful. You're terrible. You're engaging in nefarious activity. Like that is, that's really sad. And unfortunately, it's pretty common. People try to drape themselves in that type of iconography and that type of aesthetic to cover for their motives. It's terrible. Yep. And set themselves up in positions of public trust. All right. um, We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with you. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. Uh, next TOT report says, maybe the cat likes it over there better for a reason. Exactly. That may be, by the way, for sure. Wolf Dragon Donna, ha <laughs> ha, anti-Karen Kitty. I like that. Anti-Karen Kitty. Uh, made money in the building. Thank you for that. My experience with three with my three cats. They know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Do they want to listen is another story entirely. It's futile. It's a futile mission, Karen. 
I concur completely. All right. I think I think cats speak perfect English. Oh, well, they know it. They're not going to respond. As a matter of fact, they may respond opposite of you just because you said something. Cats are awesome, though. Natural Born Keeler, thank you for this. Uh, doctor, you are such a great role model, so empathetic and engaged. Things I feel, uh, things I feel are more and more missing in current society. Thank you so much for all you do. Um, I, I appreciate you saying that. I don't deserve a hero cookie for being human, um, but I appreciate your support, okay? Uh, Michael McCullough, uh, he only hates himself for getting caught. Yeah, I agree. Perry, uh, Perry Anderson, thank you. Welcome to Indisputable. And Thomas Anakin, projection. That cat was escaping. <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, I got a hell of a story. Uh, the feds are telling a man he has to pay back money that they paid his mama, who is deceased, and they gave her this money when she was set, when he was seventeen. He didn't get any of the money. They're now threatening to take the money that he has earned if he doesn't pay. That money back from back when? All right, put up his picture. 1978. We're going all the way back to 1978 for this story. So Arlington, Texas, an Arlington, Texas man was told by Social Security Administration to pay back money paid to his mother in 1978. The Social Security Administration has been working to collect billions of dollars in overpayments. An Arlington man is being told he now owes back money that was paid to his mother. The 62-year-old retiree thought the letter must have been some sort of misunderstanding. So he went to the office in person to appeal, and his appeal denied. The SSA is asking Mr. Jimmy Bird to pay them more than $1,400 that was paid 45 years ago to his mother who died in 2011. Bird says, quote, I read the paperwork and it was from January to June of 1978, he said. Back in 1978, I was only 17 years old. Bird's father died when he was four. So his mother received social security for him while he was a minor. This is not money I ever saw. I was not even living at the home at the time, end quote. So let's put up the letter, okay? So he gets this letter. Uh, Bird was shocked that the letter demanded. I mean, this was not a nice letter. It demanded he repay the amount in 30 days or the SSA will cover the overpayment by withholding his full benefits starting November 15th. Bird went to the Arlington SSA office in person, quote, if you could show me a check from 1978 that has my name and my signature to cash that check, I'd be glad to pay you back in, quote. So Bird filed an appeal. Two weeks ago, I received a second letter, he says, stating, I'm going to have to pay it. And I thought, that's not right, he said. I got in my car, went back down to the Social Security board. Bird told his story again. The gentleman looked at me from behind the counter and said, you know, that it, that is just the way it is. End quote. Bird signed an agreement to have a $100 a month deduction from his $1,800 
social security check for the next 14 months. Burr says he's worried about how the people receiving similar, uh, about other people receiving similar repayment demands. So let me say this uh, before I go to the next part of the story. And um, he pays into a system his whole life so that he can get pennies out of that system when he doesn't work, when he's in his you know, latter years. 1800, that's it. The Social Security Administration, they don't even have what's called a minimum threshold. Uh, your employer likely does. It doesn't matter who you work for. If you don't make a certain amount, garnishments, lawsuits, it doesn't matter. They will not deduct a dime out of your paycheck by law if you make under a certain amount of money. So I'm saying to you that literally every single corporation in America has a better policy as it relates to mess like this than the Social Security Administration. Uh, they forced this man, in my opinion, uh, under duress to sign this agreement. Naturally, this does not stand up to any contractual policy we would ever understand or acknowledge in a court of law. It was not his debt. He did not affix a signature. He did not take responsibility. He did not knowingly, willingly enter into a bargain for exchange. No contract made, but he has to pay it. Social Security is overpaying the people and then demanding money back. The Social Security Administration is trying to reclaim billions of dollars from many of the nation's poorest and most vulnerable. Payments is sent them, but now says they never should have received. During the 2022 fiscal year, the agency clawed back 4.7 billion of over, um, billion of overpayments. While another 21.6 billion remained outstanding. That's according to the report by SSA's Inspector General. The system is completely adverse to anything we understand as decent and legal. All right. Uh, Jordan, thoughts here? Yeah, to go back to earlier in the show, there was a story about Social Security yeah. erroneously classifying a woman as dead, and that had completely upended her life. And the justification or the excuse from the Social Security spokesperson was that most of their records are perfect and only a tiny, tiny fraction of 1% allegedly is, is wrong. Here we're seeing that is not the case. If they misappropriated and accidentally sent out billions to people, it speaks to just how messy their records are. And again, it, it isn't like malice. It's that institutions of our government, like Social Security, have been a frequent target by fiscal conservatives for years. And instead of investing in these, like the Biden administration tried to do with the IRS, and you saw the opposition from Republicans, they, they want to privatize it. So Wall Street, big banks, financiers can profit off of what should be one of the best social safety net programs in this country. But they want to chip away at it for, for greed, corporate greed, for personal gain, whatever. You could see just that moderate investment into the IRS. What that resulted in, a huge windfall from people who were cheating on their taxes, rich people. And in the interpersonal level, like when you have an incident like this, or with the person who was 
accidentally labeled dead. Yep. The wait time for people who tried to call the IRS to, if they had a question about their taxes, they needed to speak with a representative, it dropped drastically. People were getting on the phone with somebody, a real live person within minutes, which sadly is a rarity anymore. I mean, we've all encountered really frustrating automated customer service phone uh, phone calls or waiting on hold for an hour. No, if you have a problem, you can talk to somebody at the federal government within minutes. That's great. And that is that is the benefit of investing in aspects of our government like the IRS, like Social Security. And that should happen here. Yeah, we shall see. Um, obviously, this is a policy dynamic. Everyone seems to be claiming, well, that's just the rules. Um, so we shall see, all right? Okay, hell of an update. Uh, we first brought you a story about dinner guest being hosed by a neighbor because of music. Um, we have the video, here it is. I want to see Such a damn shame. Put up the doctor, the victim, one of the victims. He's the guy who's the homeowner. He has guests over to his home. Ives Doroso and his guests were sprayed by water, a water hose by a white neighbor during a party. Put up the picture. In the incident, which occurred September 17th, 2022, it is now the subject of a civil rights suit filed last week in Kings County, New York against the neighbor, Marcus Rosebrock. Let me say it again. Marcus Rosebrock is his name. Mr. Rosebrock and an unnamed white woman accused of forcibly entering the doctor's home with a large menacing German shepherd in an effort to silence the plaintiffs and end their celebration. So let me just remind everybody of the original story. The white female literally breaches the property, goes into the home with a dog, tells them to end the party. The good doctor says, listen, we're winding down actually, but man, would you go ahead and exit my home? I mean, this is a nice guy. 
Let's put up the picture of the doctor again. The New York City doctor. Um, from every sentence I have heard about this man, he's a remarkable individual. So Dr. DeRosso and his wife were having a dinner party. They had about 15 guests. When an unidentified white female showed up with a large German shepherd, demanded the music be turned down in their backyard. All the guests were either black or Latino, except one. At 9.50 PM, when the party was winding down, the female defendant, known right now as Jane Doe, I hope somebody gets me that name, entered the DeRosso home, uninvited with a large German shepherd, and demanded the music playing in the background be turned down, according to the lawsuit. Dr. DeRosso told the woman the party would be ending soon and requested that she leave his property before he returned to his yard to continue socializing. Um, let's put it up just to give you a comparison here. Um, when the party did not end, a white neighbor grabbed his backyard hole and started soaking the guests, a scene reminiscent of when white police officers used fire hoses and dogs to attack, intimidate, and silence African Americans participating in things that they could, it's called freedom. Only this time the scene was a beautifully decorated garden party in a nice neighborhood of Forest Hills. The suit alleges Rose Brock increased the pressure of the hose during the alleged attack so that it, that it was, and I quote, extremely powerful and stinging in nature. End quote. The guests remained deeply scarred by the alleged ordeal and were made to feel less than human. Rosebrock's lawyer, Brandon Gillard, reiterated Wednesday his earlier statements denying any characterization that Rosebrock is racist or that his actions were racially motivated. Put up Rosebrock's picture. Sir, I believe you racist as hell, sir. That is my opinion. Okay. What you did was completely insanely wrong. It was criminal. Uh, the Forest Hills man, uh, through Gillard, denied all allegations, adding that the DeRosso attendees were allegedly aggressive and violent. Uh, I hope you all add that to the lawsuit. That's called slander per se, defamation per se. All right, um, he says, no, 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 no. It, they were actually the ones violating the rules. Damn, everybody was recording. You got, you got 15 witnesses, all right? What you got, sir? You a white woman and a German shepherd? Come on, man. Uh, that probably actually would have worked in the 60s, but it is a new day, sir. Uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, this this insinuation that they were violent is ridiculous because we have the video. We see them looking around in disbelief. They're kind of laughing and like horror or shock. It was weird. It's a weird thing to do, but showing up at nine fifty, like it wasn't even that late. Like I look, I get it. If you're annoyed that music is you know disrupting you, if it's like three a.m. This is 950. What are you doing? Like this every yeah. people have a right to to hang out in their backyard, have a party, play music. It wasn't even that loud. 
just this is and they knew what they were doing by bringing the dog over by spraying with the hose they yeah. wanted to intimidate i i you know follow the the lead of the the party goers who uh draw on on uh, our unfortunate unfortunate history with the civil rights movement they're using the same yeah. tactics I that's that's I will I don't speak for them but I agree with them. Yeah. So it, it's it's really frustrating to see that this type of behavior still persists and that people feel entitled to you know do whatever they want to neighbors like yeah. especially if there's a a racial divide. I'm very glad that the lawsuit has been filed and the individuals who were victimized um are moving forward um as they should. We got more on the other side. Indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still have a lot of show left. Okay. Uh, cheesecake brownie. Uh, this is going, this is regarding the SSA. This is what happens when a great program doesn't evolve. When it was created, we didn't have the access to the information we have today and the uh, SS number became your identity. Uh, that needs to change. But like Dr. Richie said, they keep defunding these agencies that they don't put the resources toward updating these programs. It has adverse impact. Uh, Jackie O, thank you for that, Jackie O. Uh, Natural Born Keeler, thank you again. Imagine Rose Brock's party was hosed down by his black neighbor. All hell would have broke loose. That's right. You are correct. Uh, the Jack, remember for two months, thank you so much. Um, I would have fed Karen her dog. All right. Well, um, a Popeye's worker has been, well, let go, fired because she exposed the location where um, they had a lot of roaches. Here it is. Just got fired from Popeye's for recording in a public place. But if you didn't know, I recorded them roaches too. But they needed my help, so they didn't fire me yesterday. But come today, they need my help, so they fired me. About that TikTok, oh, no, that's against, uh, no, that's against Popeye's policy, right? To record and uh, to record inside the restaurant and to record employees. Anybody that's employed Popeye's inside the restaurant, were you aware of that? No, I wasn't. You wasn't. Okay. Unfortunately, you know that you wasn't aware, but you know, uh, I mean. Did a video. I mean, you stated her name, and you know, TikTok is very violent, right? Right. People tend to shirt it. So, unfortunately, we're gonna have to let you go. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Craig. Daddy, 
When you got through cleaning out what they told you to clean out. And this what you get. Nasty. I'm so glad I changed my dietary regimen a couple years ago. All right. Put up the picture full mask. I got to give you the background. I know. I know. After being fired from her job at Popeyes for filming, Miss. Takia Rams uh, Ransom outed the Popeyes location for roach infestation, moldy equipment, and overall terrible hygiene practice. How the location still sported a 98 health score is a mystery. Not to me, not a mystery to me at all. Uh, according to Ms. Ransom, she tried to call the numerous issues. She tried to call the numerous issues to attention, but was met with pushback. She tried to form a management. She recalled an incident where she got into an argument with her general manager over the roaches in the rice. Whole new definition for dirty rice at Popeyes. This is sad. Let's put it up full mass. So here's the thing: she literally tries to go to localized management, general management. Nobody does anything, but she does recording. Okay, well, we're gonna do something now. You're fired. Now you want to do something. She literally did a public service for everybody who has been eating at that establishment. And why is it that management would not care about the people who are who are going there to patronize the company? I even got into it with the GM over the roaches being in the rice. Like, we got into a bad, like, she didn't even want to throw it away, said Ransom to Action News 5. She was like, this is a product, Ransom added. I was like, oh, okay, but it has roaches in it. I'm not going to serve that, end quote. After showcasing the conditions, including chicken being left out on the floor. Popeye's location was then finally shut down. Their employees retrained. One Popeye's manager supposedly thanked Ransom for calling out the location's hazardous conditions. Yes, we're, we're very thankful for this now. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. To the manager. You must think we boo-boo the fool. You know good and damn well those roaches did not just come in. They just got there. They came there yesterday. Absolutely nothing about the condition of the restaurant in this video is acceptable. Even though the health department visited the damn restaurant yesterday and confirmed no issues at the restaurant located at 4720 Showcase Boulevard, Memphis, Tennessee. Stay the hell away, y'all. We shut it down, thoroughly cleaned, and we'll um, not reopen until we understand what happened. And team members have been retrained on proper procedures. Miss <sighs> um, Ransom, I'm the hero of this story, also posted a video allegedly of a manager from the restaurant thanking her for what she did in a way 
He said she was a hero and she had no idea what she did for the people in the community, leaving her to say in an interview with Fox 11, if I didn't get fired or didn't say anything, they would still be serving the rice with the roaches. <laughs> End quote. That part. See, y'all try, tried to play uh, our dear sister. Uh, she's smart. She's compassionate. She actually gives a damn about people. Told you I'm not serving rice with roaches. And what's wrong with you? You all decided to ignore her multiple times. What was she left to do? Follow some policy and serve people contaminated roach infested food or do the right thing like she did. All right, Jordan thoughts here. Yeah, this this is corporate corporate negligence. And you know, if they, if they should be thanking her, they should be giving her a promotion yep. because the manager didn't seem to care. The manager didn't seem to want to take action. The fact that she tried to do something about it is great. That should be celebrated, right? These, these companies just don't care. But also, again, this is, seems to be a reoccurring theme today. The health inspector, what were they doing? <laughs> this yep. is, you know, they I, probably I didn't think, even come, Jordan. They probably didn't even I, come by and check or, or somebody need to check a bank account. It's one or the other. <laughs> Absolutely. When, uh, when I was in Ohio and I was a reporter, we tried to do a story just checking health records at you know, restaurants at the university in town. And the health inspector was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go over there tomorrow and get you a fresh batch of reports. And we did a little digging. He hadn't even been going for like a decade. Wow. So, yeah. A decade? Oh my gosh, yeah. man. So, yes, I, there's absolutely a scenario where this person was just like checking a box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just not doing their jobs. But you invest in these jobs. If you make them well paying, make them competitive with the private sector. You're going to see people who appreciate value and actually put forth a good Good work ethic into those public sector, or yeah, public sector jobs. Yep, yep, agreed. All right, a homecoming queen banned for celebrating her heritage. Put up the picture, full mask. This has got to stop. Kaylee Credit, the 2022 homecoming queen at Brazosport High School in Freeport, Texas, will not be allowed to return to the school. She cannot come to the high school to crown her successor because she wore a stole representing her Mexican heritage to the graduation ceremony. And because she wore this Mexican thing to the graduation, the school district has banned her. From coming back on campus. A mother is Cynthia Vasquez. Cynthia told CNN the 18 year old had been excited to return to her former high school this Friday to carry on the tradition of crowning the next homecoming queen. But that excitement faded. Ms. Vasquez said when the family received a phone call from the school's principal, Informing her that Kayla was no longer welcome to attend homecoming because she wore a stole representing her Mexican heritage to graduation in May. In the statement shared, shared with CNN, uh, the Brazosport Independent School District says students have been informed 
of the dress code before the graduation ceremony. The student was asked to comply with the dress guidelines and refused. The statement said the graduate was homecoming queen last school year. However, because of the insubordination at the graduation ceremony last May, the graduate was not invited back to participate in the crowning of this year's homecoming queen. Ms. Vasquez actually disputes the claim. Her daughter was told to remove anything. She told CNN, Kayla was the last in line on graduation day. And a teacher who approached her about the stole told Craddock to tuck it into her gown. Craddock, who is now a freshman at Sam Houston State University, told CNN affiliate KHOU that she had been proud to wear the stole to accept her diploma. I wanted to represent my culture. I love being Mexican and I will forever be proud, he said. But he said, if she had been told that she couldn't wear the stole, she would have removed it. I wouldn't have brought it. If it was out of dress code, she told KHOU, I wouldn't have brought it, period. Uh, and I believe her. I'll put up the picture. And look at this now. The principal is Quentin Virgil. The superintendent is Danny Massey. Uh, these individuals obviously are standing by this foolishness and Promoting it as well. Now let's put up the picture of the young lady. Um, see, this person is an actual leader. Uh, you guys are feckless cowards inside of the school system. Now, I have respect for school teachers tremendously. The woman who adopted me, my mother's a school teacher, saved my life, changed my entire trajectory. I have significant love for those who educate. That's why I became one. But you're not educating. You do things like this. You're teaching adverse lessons. You know, graduation is about the fact that they worked hard for something that's there. That day is them, not for you. To disallow an individual to participate in a tradition that they worked hard for, that they earned, that they deserve. Because they wore a piece of clothing that you don't understand or you're ignorant to, you don't like. Is insane. You cultivate young minds in order to be creative geniuses in the world. Unfortunately, you gentlemen don't understand. All right, Jordan, thoughts. I mean, the fact that this was in Texas was very confusing. I mean, maybe yes. it would be a little less surprising if it was in, I don't know, Alabama or Mississippi, but. You're upset about somebody celebrating their Mexican heritage in Texas? Texas. <laughs> what, what? Move, man. It's weird. But your point is, a, is an important one. These people are just like wannabe cops. They're not school administrators. They're not what I would think would be a, a, an ideal school administrator. You want to create a healthy, robust learning environment for people. Why are you punishing someone for how they celebrated graduating? Like, what are we doing here? Who benefits from this? Like nobody. This Not isn't even the them. military. It's a high school right. graduation. What the hell? It's just so strange. I mean, congrats to her for you know heading off to college. I hope she's doing well. Yeah, I'm sure she's not as troubled 
buy it as, as they clearly are. Yeah, and uh, like I said, she's actually a leader. Uh, she will continue to lead uh, and she will continue to be an amazing individual. sad. MAGA supporters. Let's put up a screenshot here. They are yelling, harassing, flashing lights into a migrant housing center, trying to disrupt their dignity, their ability to simply do what's human, which is to rest at to go to sleep. Staten Island MAGA being deranged decided this was a good idea, showing their true colors. And I'm not talking about skin, I'm talking about inside. Let me say this very clearly. The same people who are doing this, the same individuals who will engage in such hate. I mean, literally, they are outside at night behind a fence with a high power flashlight, probably bought a flashlight just for this purpose, to yell and scream, to disrupt a person or people lives who are already in disruption. Just to make it known they are racist, they don't like them, and they are, as they say, illegal. Now, here's the thing, Karen, Karen's. No human being is illegal. It's no such thing. And while you all, I'm sure, go to probably the first Baptist church in your local community, the Jesus in the Bible that you claim to represent was a man of color. And if he came to America, he would be a migrant. And he would be in that building. Um, you know, sometimes strange things happen to families when they're eating food. Well, this is one of them.
That's kind of his home, you know? Y'all brought food to his house. Hey, let me put up the picture for a mask. A hungry bear. <laughs> Listen, obviously the bear was hungry. <laughs> and he was so nice about the whole thing. The hungry bear devoured the food. And let me say this, it was a birthday celebration. I get it. That's just not the way you want to bring it in, I understand. Uh, it was a family's birthday meal uh, in uh, Monterrey, Mexico. The mother, uh, Miss Silvia um, Machias of Mexico City, says that they were actually celebrating uh, Santiago's 15th birthday. She says Santiago has Down syndrome and was concerned, and she was concerned, obviously, his reaction to the bear might cause an attack. So that's the reason she was um, uh, holding him the way that she was. It was to protect. Him from sudden movement and a possible attack. Um, and the family continued their birthday celebration after the bear left, and it was actually all good. And they had a hell of a story to tell. So there you go. Jordan, have you ever had a bear just eat all your food in front of you at the table? <laughs> uh, no, not lately. Uh, (laughs) There's a comment in the chat that I just, that really got me good. Amber is the color of my dragon says, how do we know it wasn't the bear's birthday too? Which is a good point. Maybe that bear's the, hey, they're coming to celebrate with me. Uh, I I like this video. I felt the the detail about the kid, uh, that's scary. You could definitely see cause for alarm there. I was confused why she was covering her kid's face. But mom knew what to do. You know, my, I mean, was mom smart. was so calm. Mom knew exactly what to do. It, it was almost yeah. like she has done this before. I know she hasn't, <laughs> but you're talking about cool under pressure, right? Oh, great uh, instincts there. Great instincts, seriously. All right. Uh, dear brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Well, thank you, as always, for having me. It was a blast. You can check me out on my podcast, The Insurgents, at insurgentspod.com. There you go. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.